Right now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this awesome and glorious day in the history of the church where we celebrate, Lord Jesus, your resurrection. Lord, we pray right now that you would bless the reading of the word here this morning. Anoint it. Give it life, Lord God. I pray for myself that you will help me to communicate your word. Lord God, again, I ask that that you organize my thoughts and my words. I pray for those that are listening right now, whether they are physically here in church or whether they are online. Help us to focus on your word here this morning. I know, Lord God, it's so tempting because we're looking forward to eating something afterwards and getting together and celebrating. But help us, Lord God, to put all that aside just for these next few minutes, Lord God, and just focus on your word here this morning. And most of all, Father, if there is anyone here or listening online that does not know you as Lord and Savior. Perhaps they don't even understand what we're doing or what we're talking about or why we're even celebrating. I pray that somehow, some way, by the power of your Spirit, you will help them to know and to understand that you, Jesus, love us. You died on the cross, and on the third day you rose again so that we would have the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Okay, Luke chapter 24, starting at verse number 1. The Bible says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. So again, today is Easter Sunday, or as we know it, Resurrection Day. We celebrate the reality and the truth that over 2,000 years ago, on the first Easter Sunday morning recorded in history, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Can I just stop right there and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. That by itself is something to celebrate. And we celebrate because Jesus is not dead but he is alive forevermore. A couple of years ago on Easter, we began explaining this section of Scripture about the resurrection by explaining one of the main benefits and blessings for us today. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate the fact that the reality that not only did Jesus Christ rise from the dead, but before he did, the Bible tells us that he literally went down into hell. He defeated the powers of hell, and he took away the keys of hell and death from our enemy, the devil. In reference to that, listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 through 18. It says this, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. 
On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he, had, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. How many of you can shout hallelujah for that? Can you say amen? Verse 18, we focused on a couple years ago, and, and it, Jesus Christ himself declares to us in verse 18 that he is the living one, he was dead, and now he is alive forevermore. And thirdly, he has the keys of death and Hades or hell. And why is that important to us? Why is it important that Jesus Christ has the keys of hell and death in his hands? Because every time the devil thinks that he has us in bondage, every time the devil thinks that he has held us, is holding us captive, every time the devil thinks that he has a stronghold on us, every time the devil thinks that he has trapped he has trapped us with no way out. Every time we find ourselves in a situation that seems hopeless or helpless or impossible, we don't have to despair. We don't have to panic because we belong to Jesus and he has the keys of hell and death. Why is the resurrection of Jesus Christ important? I don't know what you may be going through today. I don't know what problems you may have. I don't know what dangers or crisis or pains or difficulties or failures or disappointments or heartaches that you may have, but Jesus does and all we have to do is call on his name. How many of you just like saying the name of Jesus? Can you say amen? The name above all names, that name that is more than wonderful. All we have to do is call on Jesus, cry out to Jesus, shout out the name of Jesus. And as I said before, I don't mean to be rude or offend anyone, but Buddha can't set us free because he doesn't have the key. Krishna can't set us free because he doesn't have the key. The Hindu gods or the Dalai Lama, he can't set us free because they don't have the key. Muhammad can set us free because they don't have the key. Gandhi can set us free. He doesn't have the key. L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology, he can set us free because he doesn't have the key. Baha'i doesn't have the key. Kabbalah doesn't have the key. The JWs or the Mormons, they don't have the key. Dr. Phil or Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah or yoga or witch doctors or the psychic network, they can't help us because they don't have the key. These people don't have the right key. Only Jesus can set us free because only Jesus has the keys of hell and death. Right now, if you are willing to humble yourself and cry out to Jesus, if you are in trouble, if you are in some type of bondage or addiction, I'm not just talking just to talk. This is reality. If you're in trouble, call on Jesus to set you free, to help you out. 
All you have to do is cry out and say, help me, Lord. I humble myself before you and I ask you to help me. Right now, I need for you to be my healer. Right now, I need for you to be my deliverer. Right now, I need for you to be my savior, my redeemer. Have mercy on me. Please forgive me. Please rescue me. I know I'm in church. I know I'm in front of all these people, but I'm in trouble. My heart is breaking. My mind is all messed up. And if that's you and if you need help, God is here right now. And guess what? He has the right key to fit your unique heart. Jesus comes and he takes those keys that he has in his hands. And as I said before, he goes, click, click. And he's able to release the captives. He's able to break the strongholds. He's able to set us free from bondages. He's able because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the answer. He is the only way to the Father. There is no power in or out of hell that can hold us because Jesus Christ has the keys of hell and death in his hands. Last year at Easter time, we continued and we read again from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But this time we focused on verse 11. Let me read to you again, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. And we're going to focus on verse 11. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that were gleaming like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Verse 11 again. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened in verse 11 let me read it again it says but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense you see for some of the disciples what they heard that day about Jesus rising from the dead seemed like nonsense. It seemed ridiculous. It seemed fictitious. It seemed like a fairy tale. It seemed unbelievable and impossible to believe or to be true. In the New King James Version, it says that it sounded like idle tales. And even today, in 2021, there are many that hear this story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they think that it's nonsense. They think that it's ridiculous. They think that it's fictitious. They're actually wondering, why are you people in church? Why do you guys actually believe this? It doesn't make any sense. It's a fairy tale. It sounds too unbelievable to be true. Well, not only does the Bible talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a resurrection that we celebrate today and that happened over 2,000 years ago, a resurrection which for some may seem like nonsense, but we shared last year at Easter time 
that the Bible talks about another resurrection, a resurrection day that is coming. This is the resurrection of those who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Even though people may think that you're crazy, how many of you are not ashamed to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ? Can you just lift up your hand right now? You believe everything that I just said about Jesus and being raised from the dead. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses 13 through 18 talks to us about a resurrection for those who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. It says this in verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. If you believe that, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Can you believe that one of these days you and I are going to fly away, church? Do you believe that? Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. So encourage one another with these words. That means that no matter what is going on in your life right now, don't worry. One of these days we're going to fly away and we're going to get away from all this chaos and all this madness and we're going to be with Jesus. Jesus has the keys of hell and death and Jesus has the keys that will unlock the power of the grave. We sang that song a little while ago. There ain't no grave going to hold his body down. And there ain't no grave going to hold my body down when Jesus comes. Praise God. And we learned last year that the Bible tells us that one day in the near future, there's going to be another resurrection. Those that have died believing in Christ will be raised from the grave. And here is the good news. We're not going to look like zombies. We're not going to look like Frankenstein. We're not going to look like the money, mummy or like a monster or like we do when we wake up in the morning. We're all going to look beautiful and glorious and have smash, fresh smelling breath. How many of you can shout hallelujah for that? We're going to be looking good. We will receive brand new resurrected bodies, bodies that will never get sick, bodies that will never get old, bodies that will never get hungry or thirsty, bodies that will never be sad or hurt or angry or experience anything that is painful, bodies that will be able to stand in the presence of a holy and perfect God. Listen, the Bible tells us that one day there is going to be another resurrection. This will be the resurrection of those who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I wonder, again, what CNN will be saying on that day. Millions of people have disappeared. Many claim that Jesus returned to receive his saints, the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ. And do you know how those that are left behind are going to respond? You know what they're going to say? They will respond the same way that the disciples responded when they heard about Jesus being resurrected. But they did not believe the women, Luke 24, 11, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Some of you right now, some of you watching right now may be saying the same thing. Everything that you're saying, Pastor Jerry, sounds like 
nonsense, too hard to believe. To all of you that are saying that this sounds like nonsense, that this is ridiculous, that this is fictitious, like a fairy tale, too unbelievable to be true. All this stuff about Jesus' resurrection, all this stuff about the followers of Jesus Christ being resurrected, it sounds like nonsense. It sounds crazy. It sounds unrealistic. Some of you are even saying, how can you be so foolish and believe this stuff? Now, I said this last year, and I'm going to repeat it again today. If I would have said to you in January of 2020, when everything was normal, before the coronavirus hit, if I would have said to you in January 2020 that on April 12th of 2020, the whole world would be on lockdown and and at home, that there would be no one meeting in any church building for Easter services, there would be that, uh, that everyone would be wearing masks, that toilet paper would be the hottest item on the shopping list, that schools would be closed, that businesses would be closed, that the NBA season would be on hold, that the hockey season would be on hold, that the baseball season would be on hold that our U.S. economy would be shut down, that the whole world would be paralyzed because of a pandemic that is killing thousands of people around the world. If I would have told you this in January of last year, do you know how you would have responded to Pastor Jerry? You would have said, Pastor Jerry, you are talking nonsense. What you're saying sounds like nonsense. That would never happen in a thousand years, especially not here in the United States of America. You would laugh at my face and tell me that I was a joke. Well, guess what? What we and the world have experienced this past year with this virus is no joke. We got a little taste of what the Bible says this world is headed for. This world, I hate to break your heart, but the future of this world that we're living in is not good. And we just got a little taste. We all saw what happened to our grocery stores and Costco and Target and Walmart. I mean, man, we stripped those stores bare. And nobody was being nice to each other either. Even Christians weren't being nice to each other. And that's just a small taste. Thousands of people lost their jobs. Thousands of people, businesses closed down. Our hospitals are still trying to recover from the chaos. And of course, thousands of people have died as a result. And guess what? In the same way that that was real... The resurrection of Jesus Christ is real. The Easter story is real. Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. Jesus Christ is coming back. And when Jesus Christ comes back, those who have died and those that are believers and followers of Christ, we will be resurrected out of our graves. Those believers and followers of Christ who are alive will also be taken up and we will be in heaven with Jesus forever and ever. This is no joke. You can label it or call it nonsense or unbelievable, but everything that the Bible tells us is true. And God is telling us what is going to happen ahead of time. God is telling us before it happens so that we can be ready. God is telling us beforehand, just like he told the disciples beforehand, that he was going to rise from the dead. So here we are in 2021. We have talked about the first resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Last year we spoke about the resurrection of the believers, those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, those who have died at believing in Christ. This year for Easter, I would like to talk about another resurrection. That the Bible mentions. And for that, let's go back in time to when Jesus Christ 
was being crucified on the cross. Listen to what it says here in Luke chapter 23, verse 32. It says this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ was crucified, there were two others that were being crucified with him. The Bible tells us that these two individuals were criminals. The Bible does not say specifically what these criminals were guilty of. It does not say specifically what the crimes are or were that they had committed. But they were both definitely guilty of something serious enough that warranted the death penalty. And the Bible tells us that one of the criminals, criminals was repentant and cried out to Jesus for mercy. As a result, that criminal received forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life with Christ. And that very day, that repentant criminal was in paradise. And how many of you can shout, thank you, Jesus, for that? Can you say amen? Very quickly, what's that message for you and I? Those of you that are watching, God is saying to you, I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how evil your life has been or how corrupt or warped or twisted or ugly or dark. If you are ready to repent right now, God is ready to forgive you right now and set you free, just like he did for this criminal. He can do it for you right now. Don't let the enemy condemn you. Don't let the enemy disqualify you. Don't make the enemy cause you to feel that you're not worthy. The reality is this. You really aren't worthy. I'm not worthy. None of us are worthy. Jesus knows that. All he asks is that you repent of your sins. You cry out to him for salvation and you will be saved. But what about the other criminal that was hanging there on the cross with Jesus? Luke chapter 23 verse 39 says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. 
The other criminal was unrepentant. He was angry. He was vengeful. He was hateful. He was selfish. He was hard. And the Bible tells us that even he even shouted insults at Jesus. He knew that Jesus did miracles. He knew that Jesus raised the dead. He knew that Jesus healed the blind. He knew that Jesus healed the lame. He saw and heard all about what Jesus did, but he still didn't believe. And he was still hard-hearted. And he was still insulting Jesus. What happened to him? Well, the Bible is very clear about what happens to those who die and are unrepentant. Those who die and reject Christ as Savior and Lord. Those who die and deny or refuse to believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that when they die, they die in their sin and they end up going to a place called hell or Gehenna or Hades. You can use whatever name you want. You can try to get as fancy as you want, as politically correct as you want. But this place called hell that people go to that don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord is a horrible place. There's a reason why Jesus went through what he went through. He didn't just go through it just because he felt good about it or because he wanted to think good about it. No, there's a reason why Jesus went through everything that he went through. And he went through all of that so that you and I and all of humanity would not have to go to hell. That's the whole reason that he went through all of this. That's the reason why I'm here in church. That's the reason why you're here in church. It's because one day God spoke to your heart and you realized you were on your way to hell. He offered you salvation and you took it. The Bible tells us that when we die, when they die, people that don't know Christ, they die in their sin. They end up going to a place called hell. Listen to what it says here. In Luke chapter 16, verse 22, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, or in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to tip the, finger, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. This account of Jesus' words describes for us what hell is like. A place of torment, a place of agony, a place of fire that burns, that does not consume, or that never ends. A place where you are in eternal separation from God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 50 says this, And throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew chapter 22, verse 13, again describing hell. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew chapter 24, verse 51, He will cut him in pieces, and assign him a place where, with the hypocrites, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 30, And throw 
throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 says this. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So the Bible is very clear that when a person dies in their sin without receiving forgiveness because they reject the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this person will go to a place called hell, a place of torment and agony and fire, outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth and separated from the presence of the Lord. I'm using the very words that the Bible uses. And this leads us to another resurrection that the Bible talks about. This is the resurrection of the unbeliever. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15 says this. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And death and Hades, or hell, gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades, or death and hell, were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of of fire. Verse 13 tells us that one day all those who have died without Christ, all those who are in hell right now as I am speaking, they will also be resurrected. They will be released from hell itself and will appear before Jesus Christ to be judged. This is called the great white throne judgment. They will be judged according to how evil they were. Many people think, oh, I'm not that bad. I'm not that evil. I don't do it. I don't hurt anybody. I'm actually a pretty good person. But if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, then you're lost and you're on your way to hell. And I'm letting you know right now that you got to do something about it. Don't just sit there and take this. You got to realize that hell is real and that Jesus does not want you to go there and he came to save you those that are in hell will be released that criminal that we mentioned earlier that had rejected and mocked Jesus. He died that same day that Jesus died. He died that same day that the other criminal died. One criminal went to paradise. This other criminal that refused to believe in Christ, he went to this place called hell. And the Bible tells us that at a future date, at a future date, we don't know when that date is, but at a future date, he is going to be resurrected along with everyone else that has rejected Jesus Christ. All those who are in hell right now will be resurrected and experience what the Bible calls a second death. And they will be cast off or tossed or thrown into the lake of fire. They will be tormented day and night 
forever. Today, I'm letting all of you know that because of Christ, you can escape this horrible event that is coming one day, the resurrection of the unbeliever. You don't want to have anything to do with the resurrection of the unbeliever. You want to escape the resurrection of the unbeliever. Those who are in Christ and who have died in Christ don't have to be concerned about this second death. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6 says this, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. How many of you want to be ready to go right now? You don't want to take any risks. You don't want to take any chances. You want to be ready to go to heaven right now. God says to you, God says to me, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. If you go up when Jesus comes, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be holy. You're going to be in the right place. You are going to be rejoicing and celebrating. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him. You do not want to be part of the resurrection of the unbeliever. You want to make sure that you are ready to return with Jesus when he comes back. There is still time right now for you to repent. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't be like that criminal that was hanging there with Christ. He knew who Christ was. He saw who Christ was. He witnessed who Christ was. He saw the power of Christ and still he chose to reject it. How much do you have to see? How much do you have to go through? What do you have to experience in your life? How much knowledge do you need? What what do we need to do to make it easier and more simple and more plain to your face to understand that there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a God and there is a devil. There are angels and there are demons and there's a fight for your soul and God wants you to turn your life over to him right now and he's offered a way and that way is through Jesus Christ, the son of God who died and on the third day rose again, who shed his blood for you, who died for you, who made a way for you to escape that resurrection of the unbeliever. You do not want to be a part of that and the only way that you can escape that is if you put your hope and trust in Jesus right now. I want to give you that chance right now. To escape the resurrection of the unbeliever. You do not want to be a part of the resurrection of the unbeliever. You want to be and participate in the resurrection of the believer. Those who belong to Jesus. I want to pray with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus... Those of us who are believers right now, we have nothing to worry about. As a matter of fact, we have everything to celebrate right now because we're going to go up in that first resurrection, Lord, and we look forward to that day, and we're excited about that day. And, Lord God, we, we Lord God, are so uh, thankful for what you've done. But right now, I want to pray for those, Lord, that are not ready, for those, Lord God, that have not made their commitment to you, Right now, Lord Jesus, they are on their way to a place called hell. A place that is real. A place where right now, millions of souls are in hell. Right now. They are in agony. They are in torment. They are in darkness. They are in pain. They are on fire. It is a horrible place. We don't have to go there. Those that are listening, you don't have to go there. 
you can escape hell. And you can escape the resurrection of the unbeliever by simply committing yourself, surrendering yourself, repenting, and asking God to forgive you through Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you say, Jerry, I'm ready to make that decision. I don't want to go to hell. And I want to be part of the first resurrection, the resurrection of the believer, not the resurrection of the unbeliever. If you're ready to make that decision right now, I want you to say this prayer with me. Just follow me in this prayer, whether you're watching online or whether you're here physically right now. Just say this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Today, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. I ask you, Jesus, to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I don't know what exactly what that is, Lord. But the Bible says, if my name is in there, I go to heaven. If it's not, I go to the lake of fire. I want to go to heaven. Write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus and what he's done for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to say this to you. If you're here, you are a Christian, you are born again, and you know that you're going to go up in that first resurrection when Jesus Christ comes for the believer, when Jesus Christ comes for those who are ready, I want you to make your way up to the altar because we're going to sing this song. I'm going up, I'm going up, I'm going up in that first resurrection. And if that's you here this morning, I want you to make your way up to the altar and we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the reality that we are ready to go to heaven right now. That we have received forgiveness of sin. That we are children of God. That we have been set free. That Jesus Christ has defeated sin, hell, and the grave. And he has the keys to hell and the grave. And he is our king. And he is our Lord. Let's celebrate that today. We are going up. We're actually bragging about it. We are actually excited about it. We're actually telling you about it, that we are ready to go up in that first resurrection. Let's go, Julie. Lead us on here. I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up in that first resurrection. I'm going up. about it. I'm going up. Brag about it. I'm going up. Hallelujah. I'm going up with the Lord. Celebrate it. They'll be coming from the north. They'll be coming from the south. They'll be coming from the east. They'll be coming from the west. I'm going up, 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 up. I'm going up. I'm going up with the Lord. I'm going up. I'm going up. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Are you going to go up? Be with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going.
coming from the west. They'll be coming from the north. They'll be coming from the south. They'll be coming from the east. They'll be coming from the west. I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up in that first direction. I'm going up. Do you guys happen to know uh, Celebrate Jesus Celebrate? Oh, yeah, fly away? Oh, that's even better. All right, I'll fly away. Yes. When this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home. To a home. Yes, hallelujah. Listen, church, Thank you, Lord. those of you who are believers, those of you who love Jesus, whenever you feel down, whenever you feel discouraged, just remember, one of these days, you're going to fly away, and we're going to be with Jesus. We have nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about. God bless you, church. God bless you. Have a great, Happy great Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Thank Amen. you for coming. God bless you guys. God bless you guys.